Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Anthony Coppage. Is he just a guy? That guy? This guy? You know, he's a recovering, recovering people pleaser who has found freedom in not being defined on what he does, but in how he serves, helps, and leads others. His coaching and consulting orbits around agile marketing while he fuels his heart with mentoring and writing. Anthony values empathetic leadership, has an odd um, penchant for Oxford commas, uh, which I do too, and thinks chips deluxe cookies taste so good the tiny Keebler elves should be taken seriously. Anthony, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Sean, for having me. I love that intro that you sent me. Um, and I have the same view on Oxford commas too. So, yeah, you can have my uh, Oxford commas when you pry it from my cold, dead, lifeless hands, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Well, it, you know, the interesting thing is, and I, I want to let the Converge Coffee listeners out there know with, with Agile Marketing is that we met through the Agile Marketing Indie Slack channel. Correct. Um, which was kind of cool that you just reached out and then we just connected and connected on LinkedIn. And um, I want to know more. Um, I'm just interested when you were you're telling me about your your acronym, which is uh, missions, objectives, goals, strategies, and a- um, actions, or uh, Moxa. Moxa. And yeah, I want tell me more about that when it relates to uh, with agile marketing. Well, it relates to it relates to business. It relates to the whole thing. And for me, understanding how to align marketing's efforts with where the business is going and and how they define success is key. One of the tensions that I help marketers manage is the understanding that they've got the do elements of their editorial calendar, right? But they also have to manage the tension between that planned work and the interrupt-driven work. I mean, think social media, think advertising, think chat, think you know anything real-time text. We, we're really at a place where managing that tension is very, very difficult. So prioritizing your time, effort, and workflow becomes very, very important for today's marketers who still have to deliver both the content marketing, the quality that's delivered, and the, the, the quantity, the high volume output. That It's hard. People often say it's an either or I think it's both in. So for me, Moxer, mission, objectives, goals, strategies, and actions, is a, is a prescriptive way to think through, is the work we're doing aligning? So if you think about marketing where people are building a campaign or they're driving a new ad or they're building awareness or they're doing a follow-up or creating a customer journey map, any of those activities are at that strategic or action level, the S or the A of MOGSA. And often when I'm brought in as a, as a coach or a consultant, it's, hey, we want to do this thing. And so I say, oh, great. What is that thing lining up with as a business goal? And what objective was set that said we're more successful when and we need to be about? And then what's the reason you're organization even exists? What's your mission? What's your why? And if we align and reverse engineer that, then it becomes very easy to see if something is in alignment with where the business is going, right? So Moxa for me, and I, I wish I could tell you where I learned it. It's been so many years, I don't recall, and I've tried to find it and can't. So it's probably a combination of things, frankly. But I, for me, it's an easy way to say, if we do it in that order, if we have our organization priorities aligned by mission, objectives, goals, strategies, and actions in that order, then what that means is we're more likely to deliver value that's aligned to moving the business forward and not just saying this department or this effort or this, this bet you know, worked or didn't work. I want to align that, and that's part of the business agility that I find so compelling. 
I liked when you start out with the why, because I know that um, Simon Sinek has talked about the why, but even before that, I think it was Socrates or another philosopher that started out with the why, so way before Simon. But the other thing that you have in this is the what. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is, um, you know, what should we be going after and, you know, how should we be doing so I like how you kind of do like, it's almost like a news reporter, you know, what, uh, where, how, why, when, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it, it but it makes it into a, a nice little, you know, five-step process, um, to kind of move, move the, uh, the agenda of the business. And, you know, when we're talking agile, we're not only just talking agile, but we're, you know, we're not talking about business. We're just talking, we're talking about marketing and, and everything else that incorporates into the business. So my next question is, how do you coach and integrate the agile framework in marketing specifically? Right. So I believe that agile is an adjective, right? Not a noun. And so the capital A, notwithstanding where people have taken that approach, that really started with software development, right? That they, they said, there's got to be a better way for us to deliver software faster. I mean, I'm just old enough to remember, right? When when you would get a Windows update on your PC every three or four years, or Microsoft Office would come out every two years. I mean, it was years and years. And now I saw a stat, and I, I, it's probably over a year or two old, so I, I'm not sure what the newest one is, but I saw that using Agile methodologies, uh, that Amazon delivers new production code to their website. Some aspect of the Amazon.com experience changes as an updated every seven minutes. So, that's a new production release every seven minutes because they have so many teams working agile and, and owning different pieces of that pie. And that's through testing and regression testing. And I mean, they've really done a great job to make sure it's ready to go live. But, but that, that the software side of it was really where agile started. It's become almost a buzzword that means so little people say, Oh, we're agile. And then what that means is they've taken some aspect of it. Like they do a stand up or, they call somebody a scrub master or whatever, and they think they're agile. And, and really what it means is, are you willing to transform your culture is what agile is about. So for me, it's a cultural transformation. It's saying in marketing in particular, people come to me with the pain points that are very common, right? They're, they're living with uh, the pain of saying there's more hours for, for that I have to work to get the same amount of work done because there's more stuff to do and it's harder to get done. Uh, marketers uh, work front had a report that said by 600 marketers in 2017 that said uh, average marketer works about 46 hours a week after email and meetings. They only have 38% of their time left to actually do their job. Uh, they ask what gets in the way the most, and they say wasteful meetings and excessive oversight. And the prevalence of conflict between them and other teams is, is hovering right around 98%. So agile marketing says, what if the team, what if the marketing team could chart their own destiny? What if they could work together and prioritize work against some known deliverables that are based on value and not quantity, right? One of the principles of a, a way of approaching Agile was the, called Scrum, very popular. And a lot of people have gone that route. Uh, for me, I, I think that use what works for you, but I, I've gone a hybrid between Scrum and Kanban, and I call that scrum bond, right? Where we're taking some of the ceremonies that are helpful of those frequent visualization of the work, right? Putting things up where everybody can see it, better project visibility, higher quality work, and the ability to change gears quickly. That's what agile marketing delivers. So what I want to do is help teams get away from silos, get away from specialties, and find ways to share work and make work work. Not this is Sean's work. 
This is Anthony's work and that's Jill's work. No, it's just work. And we have work to do. So how do we get the work done? And how do we prioritize that against business objectives, not just marketing KPIs? Those KPIs need to be in alignment, which is why I go back to mindset. So that's kind of my long answer to your short question. No, it was a good long answer because it, it, I, I, I've used Kanban before, um, know a little bit about Scrum. Uh, so, you know, the biggest thing, and I think you've kind of alluded to this, but I, I want to ask this, you know, for each of the people that you, you've, you've coached and you've, you know, integrated this, this agile framework with marketing is what experience do you leave um, when you teach them this approach? Um, you know, what kind of reactions they have? What kind of thing do you want to leave um, with people to understand more about agile marketing? Yeah, it's a great question, Sean. And the, the, the biggest thing is, what would it be like if you actually really loved everybody you worked with and you loved the way you work together? What if you felt empowered to be able to get not only more work done, but the right work done? What if you were the kind of team that said, we know how to deliver the best value to lead the business forward, and you told the C-suite, C-suite what that looked like rather than responding to what you're being told to, to deliver? Well, it's flipping the script and it's saying we have this this real shared common high level of knowledge and experience. We want to really focus that. We want to remove the silos and we want to focus that effort so that we deliver things without as much risk. So rather than saying we're going to go deliver an email campaign um, and say we're going to do this thing, we're now looking at multiple touch points of content pillars and saying we have email, webinar, a core asset, maybe an ebook, case study, videos, social promo, etc. Well, how do we do all that? You chunk the work up into small bite-sized pieces and the team chunks that up, prioritizes, shares, and then holds each other accountable daily through how are we delivering towards that goal, towards those things that are moving the business forward. And then on the back end, the metrics that say, what was the outcome? This is the biggest key for me of, of the greatest experience piece for marketers is that we've shifted away from outputs to outcomes. And this is what I think agile marketing does better than anything else. Sean, the days of marketing being judged primarily on delivering more content or using vanity metrics, man, those days are gone. Quality work is based on better outcomes to align with the organization's objectives. Sean, I say that outcomes are the new metrics for delivering value for marketing, not more outputs, right? No one, no one gets a prize for saying we did 14 PDFs this month. So did those PDFs drive to conversions? Did you have better qualified leads? Do you know something new about your personas? Does it, in fact, help the sales pipeline? Those are things that we have to understand. So we want to understand our KPIs as outcomes, not outputs. So as an example of this, a uh, team that I, uh, I led and did an agile, agile transformation um, saw some pretty great things. I doubled the number of emails right set per month, which that sounds like Oh my gosh, that's so much more work. But actually, we chunked the work up. We did better segmenting. And even though we doubled the number of emails sent per month, we increased our click-through rate by 62% in just over six months. And we shifted our focus to creating more and more granular landing pages. We saw a 342% increase in landing page views and a 565% growth in form completions from the same time over the previous year. And then we changed traditionally from that scrum to a modified scrum bond as the team learned and learned how best to work together and iterate faster. When we saw things that weren't or weren't working, we pivoted. And that's what Agile really lets us do. So Agile's a framework. It's not a set of rules. It's a belief that says we're better together. And if we chunk this up into bite-sized, high-value projects and tasks, we can really deliver more value better. 
and we can measure those results and then pivot again and get even better the next time, better the next time. And that's what we saw. So for me, the best experience is that you actually deliver more value and it proves something that's the things we all know as marketers we want to deliver, but man, it's harder to prove when you're just looking at just click clears or just open rates. We're trying to look past that. And our way of doing this, agile marketing, I think delivers that kind of experience for marketers and of course the organization as a whole. Well, it controls the chaos is what it does. And it manages the tension that is going to exist. You're never going to get rid of the editorial calendar. In fact, I would say we can live with the editorial calendar. We just can't die by it, right? Because there is going to be work outside of that planned due date, those events, those timelines that we do have to hit. But there's going to be life that happens with interactions, with social, with ads, with chat, with uh, real-time interactions with with prospects and, and leads and clients. What are we doing in between on that editorial calendar? So I think managing that tension is the key. And that's why I believe so strongly in agile marketing. I love it. So not going to grill you anymore, Anthony, about any questions. Um, we're going to take a little agile approach, um, but still, um, I want to know more of a, like an offline background. You helped a, a certain customer understand or coach through an you know, agile you know, mindset, especially if it's per- pertinent to marketing, um, which would be a good, um, you know, good story to tell if you can kind of give some more examples of um, the approach and, you know, if it was, um, Moxa, if you want to kind of use that too, um, and seeing, you know, and kind of explaining the, a little bit of story of, you know, something that you don't have online. Sure. Well, so I worked for, uh, Fidelity Investments and they're a really huge company privately owned with about $4 trillion under advisement with a T trillion. And so I was, uh, I was hired originally in a marketing capacity with some content for their private cloud. And they had an initiative from the very top that said we want to build a private cloud um, in addition to you know the public cloud stuff they do in their own private database. And so one of the things I did is I, I went to the, the VP in charge of, of his, this area and I got on his glass whiteboard and I drew a funnel, uh, which is very marketing, right? Like, don't funnel me, bro. But I funneled him. And I said, here's, here's the thing that we've got to think. You're focused on awareness at the top. You want more people to know about this inside the company. It's purely internal effort. But I said, but what you really need to figure out is who's already using it and how do they share that with their teams? So at each stage of the funnel, we had conversion rates we wanted to hit based on some assumptions and some basic knowledge that we were able to track. But the goal was, was the work, was the kind of communication, was the value that we were delivering, leading them to do not just more work or better work, but was it more fulfilling? Did it actually move the business forward towards this new mandate of how do we move some of the work to a private cloud? And so I worked with data scientists and I worked with uh, different communications people. And at the end of the day, we were able to come back and say, if we just eliminated waste, we could have these kind of huge, huge savings. And, and here's a way to think about that. In other words, because we were able to reverse engineer and say, if you want to know your why and, and the thing you want to do is over here, let's make sure the thing you want to do actually get, solves that why, that it addresses why we're doing it. And rather than say, and this is true of any kind of inbound thing, right? Rather than say to the client, let me tell you about what we offer. Let me lead with the solution. Instead, I want to, I actually want to lead with the problem. The problem is X, Y, and Z. What if you didn't have to have X and Y and Z was half as much? Pain, time, cost, whatever, right? If we address where they are at their pain, then 
what we're offering is a way to do that. So we were leading with the problem, not the solution. We found people who had had success, used them as the, as the, as the examples, and then made a whole net promoter opportunity out of that and found ways to leverage that internal voice of the customer to say, this is what happens when we make these, these choices and these changes. So for me, uh, it's always about those relational opportunities. As marketing becomes more and more digital, and I, I hate the idea of digital marketing versus traditional, it's just marketing. But the idea is that as it becomes more digital and there's more things that are happening, and there's more pieces and moving parts to manage, the more important it goes towards back, back towards what we used to do when we would just go talk to someone down the street. Or if you think of a, a small town where they had a general store, you know, they got to know the customer. Well, it doesn't scale that way if you think of a huge company, but it does scale that way when you think of relational opportunity. So I think of it as how do we go solve a problem for one and then another and another? And the chances are, if we do that really, really well, we're actually not just solving it one, we're solving it for a bunch of people like one. And that's where the idea of a persona comes in. But we have to remember there's people behind that persona and I have a real passion for connecting people to, to solve their pain, not just buy my solution. Yeah, I like that. So enough about <laughs> the work. Um, and this is more about, uh, this is more about you, Anthony. Um, so what, I mean, you've kind of alluded a few times, but what gets you up in the morning and you're saying, you know, I want to, you know, with your, with your work, with agile, you know, I, I want to accomplish this today. Like what is your, your main go-to that you want to accomplish? So for me, and I, I have said it several times, it's about delivering value. So what is value? Well, value is unique to each person and each organization. So if I understand what value I want to deliver, then I can articulate that in a way that says, for those people who need that, I'm a really good fit. So my personal coaching, you know, I'm working with clients that are in different stages of their marketing journey or different parts of their business coaching them, meeting with them one-on-one -on -one and doing my, my, my uh, Google Hangout chats with them or my Zoom chats with them is really, really powerful. It's one of the favorite parts of my day personally, where being able to see the progress that people take those steps to move towards their preferred futures, Sean, is, man, that's fulfilling. That's when you're, it's the idea of intersecting your passion with your competence, right? And being able to live in that in-between space on the Venn diagram, if you would, where, where you're just delivering a high, high set of value and really uh, great experience for people. I, that's fulfilling and that gets me up in I love doing that. That sounds like an awesome, awesome job right now that you're at, well, position you're in to, to kind of help people and kind of have be in that place where you can help and still build and, and, and get your hands dirty a little bit. So, uh, which kind of leads to my next thing about uh, having the Converge Coffee drinkers out there. Anything to know you more? What do you do creatively or as a hobby that kind of brings back into your work? Uh, I, I'm a readaholic. I don't know how to better way to say it. I like, love to read. So I, I and I use Evernote. Um, I should really be an evangelist for them. Like I'm almost an apologist for Evernote considering how much I talk about it. So it's my digital brain. And one of the things I use is their tool where if I find something noteworthy or interesting, I'll grab it uh, right there on my browser and or on my iPhone and, and it goes right into Evernote. Well, now it's searchable, right? So I don't have perfect uh, memory. It turns out I do have perfect memory. I don't have perfect recall, right? I can't remember it. It's just there somewhere. But, but my digital brain that is Evernote, I really, um, because of my top five strengths of strategic ideation, activator, relator, and command, um, that strategic sees patterns 
And what I do is I like to see the disparate things that I've captured, search for, and then go, you know, I wonder if it's a trend or I wonder if this is a, a leading indicator or a lagging indicator. And, and I, my brain just does that. So that's actually really a lot of fun to me <laughs> is to go through the, the back set of data, pull through things. And then, of course, the stories and the anecdotes and try to figure what does it mean and, and be a person who's thinking about that. I, I can't not do it. So I might as well make it a hobby, right? So to me, it's part of what informs my talks, my keynotes, my decks, my uh, training. It's it's these stories that illustrate truth that other people have done some serious due diligence on. So it's not just anything's opinion. I'm bringing real hard data and some real great stories and a narrative then that says, this is why this matters. T- to me, that's just fun. Um, additional things. I mean, I love uh, playing the drums. Um, I'm not great at it, but I really love it. That's fun for me. Um, my wife and I are best friends. Her name is Babs, and Babs is as fun as her name sounds. And so uh, we have a we have a we have a thing in our marriage where she brings all the fun, and I make sure we stay alive. Like I'm Mister Safety Monitor, and she's Mrs. Like, hey, let's go do this crazy wild thing. And I'm so we have this wonderful relationship where, as my best friend, just doing stuff with her is a blast. And and she's also the deepest person I know. She asks the best questions ever and engages people in ways that inspire me. So, you know, hanging out with her and doing life with her is one of the things that I think is where a chunk of my time goes, frankly. And and I love it. So um, it's great to have your, your spouse as your best friend. And I'm very, very fortunate to have that. That's awesome. So my last question is, because we all get burned out sometimes. Um, what do you do health wise? And this can be, you know, any type variation of health. So, um, so what do you do health wise? That's a big question. So we're now on our third round of whole 30, right? So the whole 30 thing of uh, 30 days of eating really, really healthy and it's extremely limited palate. Um, I've yo-yoed on my weight over the years. Um, like right now I'm like 220. For I think, and you know, on my way back down, but it's the and I'm six foot, so for me, that's it's not my massive or anything. It's just I'm not as healthy as I should be, and uh, so whole thirty really is the one thing that I have found that is the most consistent way for me to reduce those sugars, get rid of the carbs, um, limit the caffeine. I don't I don't totally do a modified, so I have a little bit. Of, I'm drinking coffee now, right, because it's converged coffee. But um, but the idea is that for me, being healthy is one of those things I've not made a priority. And um, in terms of like a health fitness, not fitness has not been at the top of my priority. It's all been intellect and, and having fun and all that. So, you know, I'm 47 and realize that there are some things about my life I want to be different. And it's going to require me being in better shape than I've been in for a while. I used to play semi-pro soccer right out of high school. So there was a time I was in phenomenal shape, but um, but those days are long gone. So we, we are trying to... Uh, we are making the effort to be more healthy. Um, and uh, so I'm taking cues from, from others as I've seen what happens when they're healthy. They just have a better overall life um, and seem to truly have the kind of energy that I need and want. So for me, that's, uh, that's as real as it gets, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm on a journey on that one, Sean. Well, you know what? And that's all right, because, I mean, you're taking it. You're taking an approach. You've got a mission. You've got some objectives. You've got some goals. Yes, I do. <laughs> I have a monster. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, Anthony, I, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge about Agile, um, you know, and, you know, answering my questions, um, some good offline background stuff, some good statistics in there. But also the most important thing, I think more about sharing about you, what makes you tick 
um, because I think the converged coffee drinkers out there would be interested in, you know, how do you be successful? How do you, you know, manage pivots in your life if it's, you know, personal or professional? And I, and I thank you for um, being on this episode. Oh man, it's been a blast. Um, you know, I love giving away as much as I can. I'm one of those guys that, um, I don't know where I learned it from. I wish I could point to the person who's taught me this, but they say, you know, if you give away everything, you know, people are still going to hire you for the way you know it. And so I, you know, I do these, I do these, these things all the time and I have a, a calendar schedule. So I highly recommend people do this where 15 minutes, well, 15 minutes of my time, it's free. And so just, you just simply find a way to give away what you know. I, I really think that that's, that's, I think healthy. I think it's healthy for people to steward that experience, that knowledge, that wisdom, and to share it. And so, you know, I like doing that. Well, thank you very much. And to everybody out there, that's a wrap.